We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X. And uh, today I'm here with my co-host, Marsha. Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, the director of marketing for Pioneer X. Today our guest is Bruce Neeland, well-traveled, well-seasoned, in-community pharmacy advocate, podcaster, author, and speaker. Wow, that's a lot. That was a mouthful. Hello, Bruce. It's good to see you both. And yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for inviting me to do this. Um, this is an honor beyond belief. So thanks. We were on your podcast. I thought we could kind of. Well, I mean, for it's I think it's kind of an honor for around. us that Bruce is on here today because, I mean, you're the you're kind of the globe trot the the globe trotter that goes around and interviews pharmacies and and does it all in your um, in your RV. Well, it, it's not an RV. My my wife and I stay in hotel rooms every night, so it's uh, we're, we're not that adventuresome. Okay. Oh, it was never an RV. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah. Why did I think? Because you had reached out to me about a road trip that you were doing, and I we just assumed I think, RV. Yeah. I think you told. I thought the email said it was you had a, you had like an RV camper that. So you, why not? Why not an RV? Um, expense, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, that uh, just never been an RV. Uh, it's not something that we've ever even contemplated doing. So it's not our lifestyle. Interesting. Yeah. So well, you just, that's your the, only vehicle. But the road trips have all been phenomenal, and we get to meet a lot of remarkable pharmacy owners. What would you say would be would would be one of your favorite um, road trips that you've done? Uh, without a doubt, the favorite one that I have done was Route 66. I think we did that in like 2012. It was one of the first ones that we did. Um, and it was it was just fun. I mean, p- part of the personal part of that is um, I was actually born in Needles, California, which is right on Route 66 as it comes into California from Arizona as my family was moving from Arkansas to California. So my mom had me in a little railroad hospital in Needles in uh, 1947 with my dad and four brothers uh, in the car, frantically hoping that they would get the needles before I was born. So that's my, that's my birth story. Okay. Nice little ro- road trip there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, on the, on the trip, I think we met with uh, 13 different pharmacies. Okay. Um, and you know, the nature of these things is they're all prearranged. People recommend, Um, we space them out obviously so that we can, we can cover the distance, but you know, they are, they're all superstars and we try very hard to find people who are doing stuff a little bit different. We're not going to visit 13 compounders. Um, 
you know, so we get people who are doing different things. And, and part of my wife's favorite thing is we still find some wonderful soda fountains. Um, so Fair Oaks Pharmacy right on Route 66 in Pasadena, California, has one of the great pharmacy soda fountains. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've been into some pharmacies that have that do the, the soda fountain. Or and, ice and, cream. And it, I didn't even realize this until we went to um, Atlanta, but I was like, okay, now that makes sense. And that's a really fun fact that Coca-Cola was created, the formula, original formula or whatever was created by a pharmacist. So it makes sense that some pharmacies kind of, I guess, is that like their way to pay homage or is that just like, hey, it's not a crime of opportunity and it's convenient and I make money on the, on the fountain drink. Who created Dr. Pepper? I don't know, but it was here in Texas. That's a Texas story you guys need to know about. Wasn't that Dr. a pharmacist Pepper. too? I think so. I think it was. Yeah. Okay. In Waco. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know it was in Waco. And then you've got the, the Dublin sugar, the Dublin factory that ah. that does the sugar cane. Yep. Was Waco on one of your one of your uh, journeys? Uh, Waco was not. No. We, we've not been there on one of these journeys yet. I'm happy to do it if I could find a sponsor. So Yeah. So is that you uh, don't have a, a trip planned? We don't. Uh, at, at this point, you know, COVID certainly put a squash on on that idea two years ago. And I've done a dozen of them now, um, probably have worn the idea out from a publicity standpoint. And, the you know, the good news is, is uh, just as COVID was starting, I got involved in the podcasting thing with uh, Todd Yuri and the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And so podcasting has become my way to meet new people. And, um, uh, you know, thanks to you guys, uh, I'm going to do a program with Kyle McCormick of Blueberry Pharmacy okay. here pretty soon. And uh, I wouldn't have known much about him if I hadn't heard you guys talking to him. So he's he's a go-getter. So how many? Uh, how often do you do podcasts? I shoot for once a month, um, and and uh, I, I just I just uh, recorded my twenty seventh one, um, uh, and Kyle's scheduled to do later this month. So it's uh, a little bit more than once a month, but that's what I shoot for. Because that's kind of a semi-retired pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when are we going to see you on TikTok? You know. Um, that TikTok escapes me. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the uh, I'm the elderly and aging and out of it generation. So uh, I, I don't know that TikTok's TikTok's going to happen. Up. Oh, that's unfortunate because um, just pull I, back on pull back into the freeway, Bruce. I, you can do it. I I, well, I, I found YouTube a pharmacist. Is, YouTube is a couple uh, actually is, is at least on the radar screen, but t TikTok I I I I. I, I, I see those. You can't avoid seeing them, but uh, I, that requires editing and cutting and slicing and creativity, which uh, escapes me. So. so what's your daughter doing these days? So Robin is with Prescribe Wellness Still? and okay. on pins and needles, wondering what's going to happen with that company. Um, we just spent a week with her and her family down in Natchitoches, Louisiana, yep. uh, two weeks ago. And, um, 
uh, I had a wonderful time, but uh, she's, I think she's off right now to the Arkansas Pharmacist Association meeting. And uh, she stays quite busy and has done a remarkable, remarkable job for that company. Oh, yeah, that kicks off today. We've got a couple people at the um, Arkansas Pharmacy, Pharmacy Association. So, Yep. We got a couple of our people, lots of customers. Yes, lots of customers. Probably there. But we will have a, a booth there. We have our show next week. Going to have over 900 attendees. Largest connect yet, ever. And, and um, you know, I, I, I know this is your show, and I know you're not paying me anything. So uh, for, for anybody who watches this, um, they have to know that what – a pioneer RX has done in this industry is is without peer. Um, you know, Jeff, I remember meeting you in Nashville, I think 10, 10, 12 years ago when you were just getting started under the pioneer name. And uh, you know, you sold pharmacy at that show in Montana, as I recall. Um, mm -hmm. I did have a chance to see him on one of my road trips, as a matter of fact. Um and, you know, to grow from nothing to 5,000 in 10 or 12 years and have 900 people at your Connect show, uh, the, 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 that's impossible. Nobody can do that. Yeah, well, so the, and the next step of that is the kind of customers, yeah. right? And, and probably the reason of our success was the early on, we got such really good, smart people, hit it off in North Carolina, hit it off in, in, in Montana. But... Those are, imagine 900 of those in a single place together. Yeah. This is, it's going to be. Like, I, I can't, one, I, I may blast a, off. I, I may actually physically not be touching the ground. Like <laughs> a quote that uh, Troy Trickstad uh, said years ago, uh, like probably three, four years ago, four years ago about Connect. And it became one of my favorite. And I'm like, can I use that like over and over and over? He said, and she does connect is the greatest collection of entrepreneurial minded pharmacist in the industry. And I love that because it, like Jeff said, we get like 900 of these, of these entrepreneurial, um, pharmacists who want to do more than just put pills in bottle and give it to the patient and say, great on your merry way. And it's just so awesome. We're going to have 900 of them there. You've just put that on my wish list. So before I formally retire, retire, I want to make it to a connect meeting. So you should I'll, it's just crazy. Uh, Cause you go in, Oh my goodness, there's a superhero. And then, Oh my goodness, there's a superhero. Oh wow. There's a superhero. You know, it just, it's just, it's just crazy. And I, it, what, what's, what's been a challenge to me historically is it's a training show. You know, one of the goals is, you know, we do training there. It's, 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 right. um, it's, it's not like a wholesaler show where you're kind of there to, 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 uh, visit the city. Although we did leave a little bit of an afternoon to try to do that this year, but, but you look, we probably have, I don't know, 80,000 people who use our software on a daily basis. And, we're training 900 of those, and I get, oh, this is so much work. And right now, Marsha's saying, yeah, this is so much work. And is that is it really worth it? But you go, and the charge up that you get. The energy. And, and the relationships that, that get established there and the connect, that the side effects of everything like that, every time I, every time we do it and we're done on the other side, we go, the, the we could never not do the this. Like, well, like the two month or two leading up to it, he's like, we're not doing this anymore. It's too much work. I don't like it. It's too much work. And then we go to connect and we come home and he's like, we got to start the next one. This is amazing. 
This was so awesome. And and I mean, you take a snapshot of that, and I you know I I I hate to say this, but half the pharmacies are below average. And as I wander by design, around, right? You know, just on personal things, I'll stop in and and see a pharmacy and just chat and say hello. Um, uh, had a, a an interesting visit with a person uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, they're just so depressed, and um, they they don't see that there's a way. They don't see that there's a way forward, and. You know, they won't join the State Pharmacy Association because the State Pharmacy Association's never done anything for them. And you just want to scream at them and say, what have you done for the State Absolutely. Pharmacy Association? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and there are literally a, a dozen ven- avenues forward that gets talked about in the magazines and at the trade shows, but they're not reading the magazines or going to the trade shows. Right. And, um, yeah. You know, what have that's you done the to challenge. Help we have to figure out a way to mm-hmm. get these people to see that there is a future, there is a way forward, and you know it, it hap- it's there because you have 900 of them at your show. Yeah. And I yeah. imagine that's been even, even more stressed um, with the pandemic. Well, you see these, you know, one of the things, you know, there's a, there's a big group, a consulting group that has, a, has these member deals. And, and and for a time, you know, we kind of snuck in there to see what was going on. But finally, I said, I'm not putting this crap in my brain anymore, right? You know, they, 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 these uh, some of these pharmacists they get together with these fest of the glasses half empty and kind of stuff, and 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 you just walk away, and and they're sad. You know, there, there's people today who run uh, Facebook groups and different type of groups, and you you want to you want to take those guys and you want to say, hey. Your goal should be when somebody sits down with this for a little while and gets up and goes, they're walking a little lighter. They're excited. They're thinking about something they're going to do, not thinking about, you know, the doom and gloom and just go away and going, I really need to sell this thing. This industry is really crap. Because, you know, if the glass is 100% full, capitalism is going to fix that, right? Somebody's going to come out there. I, I saw an interesting TikTok the last of my stuff comes from TikTok today. But <laughs> but talking about how if you're making too much money, capitalism is going to fix that. Somebody's going to come in and they're going to do it at a better price and they're going to do it better. If your glass is 100% full, somebody else is going to come in there and do it and capitalism is going to fix it. If you're in a good market, your glass is never going to be 100% full. It's going to be half full. And so you've got to go, oh, wow, I got a glass half full industry. What opportunity there is because... I can kill it if I just try. You know, if, if I listen and I study from other yeah. people and I do it, and there are pharmacies out there that are killing it, but they're not doing it with just dispensing. Well, and then always looking at um, what somebody else is doing and going, I have an idea how I can do that better. I can do this my way, and to me it's better. But, I mean, I, I look at everything that way. Yeah, I had, a, um, you know, Craig, our, our new CEO, Hit me a couple weeks ago. Is What's he still considered new if it's been two years? I don't know. It's all new. It's new every day. <laughs> Craig was asking, "What's Pioneer's culture?" You know, not one of those things I think about. These are more kind of, you know, bigger companies think about culture. I really, we really had a culture. We're going to do culture, but you know, as you get bigger, these are the things you have to be challenged with. You know, do, um, and 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 really, I thought about it for a while, and our culture is innovation. 
how do we be better tomorrow? Just a really aggressive, you know, I can remember earlier on our warehouse, uh, we stock about six months of things we we'd used for. We're not just in time on ordering stuff to do installs because we can't afford to not be to do an install because we don't have product. Matter of fact, right now with all the with disruptions, the pandemic, we have a, a yeah, year's with the worth. the pandemic, we, we got up to a year's I bet you we've remodeled the way the warehouse works 20 times. Just continuously thinking, continuously, how do I make it better? How do I make it better? How do I make it better? And wanting people around us that... It's not okay to be how we were yesterday. We got to be better tomorrow. We, we got to not think of ourselves as the wolf on the top of the hill. Well, you know, ha- having a clear dream, and, you know, you say it all the time. Save and revitalize independent pharmacy. That, you know, that's something these guys can, your, your employees can lock onto. And, you know, the couple times I've been in your offices there in Shreveport, there's just a collegiality. Uh, it th- There's no no hierarchy there's you know people talk to people and it's just a it's just a pleasant working environment and uh, uh you know and you've you've got a mission that everybody can can hold on to and and you know i got two or three things i had hoped to be able to say and and that is one of them for pharmacies is you know you've you've uh, as a pharmacy owner your biggest job is to persuade your employees that you're doing something that matters to the employee and something that matters to the people that they serve. And, you know, in in pharmacy, that's an an easy thing to come up with is, you know, we help people live happier, healthier Mm -hmm. lives. And, you know, we bend over backwards to make sure they get the the medications and the information and the services. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Marcia, you talked earlier about putting pills in bottles. And, you know, I'm one of those who, admonishes two things keep filling as many prescriptions as you can profitably fill mm-hmm. because that brings people to your pharmacy then you can build other services onto that um, mm-hmm. it's easier to sell somebody who's a prescription customer on a drug nutrient depletion program than it is to sell somebody to buy a vitamin who's filling their prescription someplace else so you got to get the people in your store Mm-hmm. And when they come in, they have to recognize that this place is alive and vibrant. And, you know, there's an atmosphere there of collegiality and concern. And, you know, when I walk into a pharmacy and the lights are low and the people are hiding behind, mm-hmm. you know, uh, piles of stuff on the prescription counter and, you know, focusing on a computer screen, you know, I know immediately that that's not a pharmacy that's thriving. Right. No, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, it's, it's absolutely more than just putting pills in a bottle. It's, Gotta be more. it's, it's making relation, making a relationship with that patient. So they feel safe with anything and everything that you recommend their way. Um, I actually found a pharmacist on TikTok, and he's one of our pharmacies. Um, he's one of our customers and I, we got to interview him on the podcast and I, I fangirled. It's, it was so exciting to me because his content that he's putting out there, he's, his content is really driven towards patient information. So, you know, we all go, oh, hey, we've got a sinus infection. We go to the doctor, we get our antibiotic or whatever. But what about the add-on stuff that we need? And if you don't have, if the patient doesn't have that relationship with the pharmacist to go, oh yeah, I just need my prescription 
and then walk out the door. And the and if they have the relationship with the pharmacist, then it's easy for that pharmacist to go, here's some other things that are going to help that sinus infection. Yeah. And that's what his content is purely driven around. And he gets like three to five new patients a week from his TikTok channel. So wow. Bruce, when did you, when did, what year did you go into the first pharmacy? Ooh. I called on my first pharmacy in Fargo, North Dakota wow. in August, 1973. 1973. So we're looking at somebody 49 in the years, 49 years. So, so in 49 years of pharmacy, give me three characteristics of pharmacies you've gone into. And you said, Hey, if I see these three things, one of these three things, then I know this is probably going to be a successful pharmacy. I'm going to add on to of. that. I'm going to add on to that. So what are the top three things that you look for when you walk into a pharmacy to go, they're doing it right? First of all, I'm going to, I'm going to back up because I'm going to tell you the, the, when I called on my first pharmacy, what I heard is, oh, crud, the industry's going to hell. <laughs> we can't we can't succeed anymore. And the incident was Robitussin, which was a huge independent only recommended cough and cold product had decided to sell to the chains. And so that was the death toll for going to be the end of it. Yeah, that was the end of it. So for 49 years, I've been hearing that it's over. It's it's Every it's going to end next week. That's definitely to, to your question. I, it, it's 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 some simple stuff. Um, frankly, the curb appeal of the pharmacy, okay. um, you know, does it look nice when you walk in? Is it clean, lit, well lit or the shelves full or the shelves organized mm -hmm. and are the people moving and active? Um, did they notice me when I walk into the pharmacy? They don't need to talk to me, but you can tell whether they notice you and, and, you know, it, it's, it's that stuff that's, that's that simple. And, and I would argue that in 30 seconds, you can tell whether 80% accuracy, you can tell whether the guy's going to make it or not. So of the ones you've gone to in the last, well, let's clip the pandemic, but the last piece, what percentage of them would you say the owner could get from out from behind the counter on a regular basis? Uh, that, that's remarkable, and that's that's that catch twenty two. But a hundred percent of the ones that I visit on my organized road trips, yeah, I could see I mean, that. I, on those, He's getting referrals. Pre-selected to go to people mm -hmm. who have been recommended by you know uh, the sponsor, uh, you know you or Good Neighbor Pharmacy mm -hmm. or whatever, um, and and they always have an office, and I can sit down and talk to them. So I'm I'm going to go back further. So before the 70s, when you stepped into your first pharmacy, how did you get into it? What 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 yeah. got you into pharmacy industry? It, it's this it's the story of my life by accident. I I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew <laughs> up. I still can't answer that question. But uh, I, I graduated in from Brigham Young University in August of 1973. Um, with a degree in public relations. Okay. And uh, I had a baby and a wife and no job offer. And I'm walking through the student uh, center and there's a little sign up says, 
J.B. Rorig, which is a division of Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, interviewing for salespeople. And um, I went in and talked to the guy. He asked to see my wife and he took us out to get a Coke at uh, Denny's restaurant, as I recall, and offered me a job right then. And we took it and moved to Fargo, North Dakota, both of us having been born and raised in Los Angeles, sight unseen. And wow. um, it was the best job offer. I It was the only job offer <laughs> it I It was had. the best, yeah. And, um, you know, a week, two weeks later with a degree in public relations from Brigham Young University, I was selling the world's most expensive injectable antibiotic to surgeons and surgical, surgical centers. Um, did that for three years, hated it. Uh, got a promotion, moved to St. Louis, and met a friend at church who was with Medicine Shop. And um, they hired me on as a as a guy, and, and I immediately fell in love with what they were doing and, and how they were making pharmacies accessible and available. So that's how I got into the business. And from there, it's a series of job losses and mergers and all those kinds of things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've got a working on my memoirs now, I've got a book with 37 business cards. So uh, you a, name a it. A book, what does that mean? So. With 30, oh, you are 37 business cards. You've done 37 different things? And yeah. You wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who's fallen from place to place and landed on his feet. And every time something bad has happened, something better has opened up going forward it's been a it's been a remarkable career so what was the pinnacle you say you know the the yeah the 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 sun shines down from heaven and says hey i'm i'm well pleased right what has been the pinnacle of your career trip gig well i mean well that was fine pinnacle of my career is getting that american pharmacist association honorary member of the year award this year Congratulations. Uh, like it's the, you know, it's the career achievement award. Um, you know, if, if there were a couple highlights, a couple things that happened uh, er, early in my career, I had a chance to work after medicine shop. I went to Health Mart and um, at Health Mart, I put together this Health Mart caravan um, and we did the first cholesterol finger stick test in the world in uh, 1985 in this little not big it's a big horse trailer that we painted up and we took it around from pharmacy to pharmacy and parked it in a parking lot and put a big balloon on top and you know and it just would bring hundreds of people to the pharmacy and we'd run them through a free free health screening tests and that just worked superbly and mm-hmm. and got me an awful lot of recognition um the uh, the road trips though uh, are really the capstone the the p- pinnacle of what I've done, and and the genesis of that was an article I read in Time magazine in like 2002 about putting a couple guys on on the road and having them travel across the country and just go to Middle America small towns and see what made them tick and. Um, that's when I got the idea for my first, when I did it, I thought it was the only road trip, but I tipped my toe in the Atlantic Ocean in March of, or April of 2008. And two and a half weeks later, I was standing on the Golden Gate Bridge and my wife and I had visited 30 pharmacies. Wow. 
on a coast to coast trip in two and a half weeks. Um, you talk about flying low and uh, late nights and early mornings, uh, about 4,700 miles as you zigzag across the country. But uh, you know, that's, that's the most amazing thing that I've done. And then the spill off from that has been what's fueled my career for the last 10, 15 years. How long would you stay in a pharmacy in that kind of model? A couple hours? Yeah. Get in. I mean, it's all prearranged uh, by appointment. You've talked with the guy a couple times. You know what you're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, take some pictures, meet the people, uh, and then focus on one or two things that they're doing that's different and unique. And then get in the car, you know, typically two a day. That road trip would be a, a fun podcast episode to follow. Um, I, I'm, I'm always willing to talk about my road trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mentioned we, we got to help Bruce. How, how can he do his, how can he, so, so now he's thinking, hey, this has all been here, done this. What, how can we, how can we re-innovate the road trip? Yeah, and that's what I've tried to do with the podcasts. And, and the beauty of it is, is you get a lot more detailed information into the hands of the, uh, of the listeners. Um, the, the piece that's missing for me on my podcast and, and Todd and I keep talking about that is a, a tangible deliverable. I, I'd really love to be able to, and, and we're working on that and we've done that in a, in a couple of cases recently, where after you listen to the podcast, you know, here's a summary of the podcast and here's a checklist of things that you can do to emulate what, you know, what, uh, Jeff Gross has done in Mickey Fine Pharmacy. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think Jeff is a customer of yours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what he's done outside outside of the pharmacy um, with doing COVID shots is, you know, beyond remarkable. Yes, we have our latest in here. I'm, I'm going to introduce it here. It's going to stick. So we're, we're, uh, it's not, it's not independent pharmacy. It's not community pharmacy. It's, in community pharmacy in community pharmacy that's that's good so um, so they're not they're out working in the community yeah i've got the saying that any one time there's more people outside your pharmacy than there are in your pharmacy if you want like to get that. more people in your pharmacy get, get out, out of, of your, your pharmacy, pharmacy. Yep, i love it that'll be our that'll be our bruce quote you put it on the wall yeah, yeah that's Time and time again, you know, from from us doing these podcasts, really successful people are the ones who are spending time outside the pharmacy. You know, if you're a pharmacy today and you're not spending time outside the pharmacy, you're not going to be successful long term. And and that's the catch twenty two. And I'll go back to this pharmacist that I visited a couple of weeks ago. Um, and after the first three or four awkward minutes, it was really quite a pleasant visit. But um, <laughs> She's there all by herself with two technicians and a cash register person and trying to squeeze somebody into the delivery car and run out and do a delivery. You know, she, she never gets out. She never meets, never meets anybody. And, and, you know, and she can't afford to. So I, you know, I, I wish I knew a way to get past that. Um, other than, you know, I asked her, did she try MedSync? And she says, yeah, but, you know, that didn't work. And, you know, do you do any drug nutrient depletion counseling? Well, no, I don't have time. Yeah. And, 
and it's and I and I don't know how you break through that. Um, well, well, the first thing, if you're going to open a pharmacy, you've got to plan that in with your financials. Yeah, I was you, about to bring up Eric Larson. You, you've got to have the dollars, knowing that for not that I'm going to work it 100 hours a week myself during the first six months till I make it enough to get out, but I'm going to yeah. have saved up enough money that during the first year, I'm going to spend X day out of the pharmacy or two days out of the pharmacy, and I'm going to be able to pay a relief pharmacist. Went into uh, we, we Eric we, Larson, he decided he was going to open a pharmacy, and he budgeted for him not to be the pharmacist behind the counter. And right. he's knocking on doors and making conversations. And it, it's just an overall really good um, success story because while we were visiting his pharmacy, um, we were there in the pharmacy when he got the phone call from the state that can you do the, if we give you 50, vac, uh, 50 yeah, vaccines, yeah, can you get them taken care of? But he got that call because he knew him and they knew what he was doing. You know, he had yeah. sat down and talked to them yeah. and knew what he's doing. We, we talked to a different pharmacy there in, in, in nearby him, totally different story. Are you going to do COVID vaccines? No, I'm afraid if I was doing those and I had a customer come in, I couldn't solve them quick enough. Okay, innovate, right? Schedule your COVID vaccines for two hours a day and hire a nurse part-time to come in and do the COVID vaccines. It'll pay for itself. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you gotta, they gotta be thinking out of the box of how I can do this. I would say, you know, if you put a sign on your, your pharmacy, if you closed your pharmacy from 11 to one on, let's say Fridays, and the sign on the door said, hey, just let, and you let all your customers know, hey, on Fridays, 11 to one, we're closed because I'm out in the community. Um, they would understand. They'd work around it. You wouldn't yep. lose any customers. And just know, hey, once a week, if you could just once a week from 11 to 1, I'm going to go visit my nearby doctors. I'm going to go visit my public health. I'm going to I'm gonna do something. Or putting a sign on your door and also posting it on your social media that, hey, Tuesday, when, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or two, you know, pick a two or three days a week and pick the hours and say COVID vaccines, this yep. time block. Do you ask, so, so when you're doing your road trips, do you, is one of the questions you ask them, what are they working on? What's, what's their next thing they're trying to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what are you doing that's working? How did you happen to come across that? What obstacles did you encounter that I can share with other people so that they can overcome? Haven't done a whole lot of what's next. Um, and, and I wish I would have talked to you 10 years ago, cause that's, that's the great question. Yeah, I think that's going to be my, my challenge in my little intro uh, at, at Connect and trying to motivate people is, is hey, everybody think right now, what's that thing you're working on? And it can't yeah. just be being more profitable. What's the, what's the thing you're working on right now? If you don't have a thing, yeah, then you're in trouble. That's every, a problem. Everybody wants to be more profitable. Yeah, every time you should have a thing. I'm working on nutrient depletion. I'm working on what is that thing you're working on? And it doesn't need to be 50 things. There may be 10 things I want to work on, but what's the thing you're working on tomorrow? Not in, a, in a tomorrow we use badly. Or t let's say today. What am I working on today? Because tomorrow never happens. If, if you got it in your calendar, uh, which is a perfect segue, because I did want to try to uh, at least drop a, a trial balloon on what I think is next for me. Okay, mm -hmm. do it. So, I mean, to the topic of this conversation, uh, I, I am an advocate for pharmacies marketing. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not a 
MBA, uh, but I understand a little bit about the importance of marketing. And first thing is, is marketing and advertising are too confused and marketing is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the one thing I heard, and, and I think it's more true than not, is trying to teach a pharmacist to be a marketer is like putting a round peg in a square hole. And it's just not in the nature of most of these people. They're selected to go to pharmacy school because they're very, very detail-oriented, task-oriented, and God bless America because that's what I want, putting my pills in my bottles. But the point that I would make is you may not be the marketer, but you can hire one. Mm -hmm. And chances are that person is already working for you in your pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ability to get a technician or a clerk to get out of the store and go do these things. Good. Yeah. Many times is more practical than getting the pharmacist out. So just for example, what we've talked about is I can send my technician Uh, out to do stuff on Thursday afternoon between two and four when it's the slow time. The the real problem arises is, you know, I talk to pharmacists all the time who've tried to do doctor detailing and they never got a referral. Well, the problem is, what are you saying and doing when you go call on the doctor? Yeah, they're having good coaching. If if you're going to the doctor's office and saying, hey, send me, you know, send me prescriptions – that's not effective. So you have to go in and talk about a patient, about a program, about a process, about something that you do that will help the doctor and the doctor's offices. And, you know, doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, pre-approvals for drugs that have been rejected or some of those things that I know people get talked about. So my dream, and it is a dream, not a plan, is to create something called the Independent Pharmacy Marketing Institute. Okay. And it would be an organization that would be developed to help the the person in the pharmacy who is the part-time marketer interact with other people who are doing those same kinds of things and share ideas and um, and get experience and get uplifted. Just coaching. So you talk about connect. I, I'd like to build a, a meeting with 900 pharmacy uh, technicians who also have marketing as part of their do- job description. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, and so what's, what's cool about what you said is, is in Mark Bivens and I are, our, our VPSL were talking this morning and he says, Oh yeah, but this thing I'm about to say is sales 101. Everybody knows that. And I was like, yeah, it's like common sense. Common sense isn't common. And, That's right. and where we feel, so, so you went in three directions. You went, Hey, they shouldn't go in and just say, Hey, we're the pharmacy down the street. Could you send us your business? Then the next step toward what they should be doing is you might say, hey, I'm here. I want to talk about patient X. And that's interesting. Yeah. But the pinnacle is to walk in and say, hey, we're the pharmacy down the street. What problems do you have that we can help with? What are you struggling with? I'm going to steal that, Jeff, because that's that's right. Because that's exactly I. Hey, we're we're here. We're trying to do more in our community. What can what problems do you have that we can help with? And yeah. that's it. And that's what 
you know, Eric Larson, and, and we you remember him because we physically visit him, but there's lots of our pharmacies are like that. That's their MO. They're just running around town. Yep, Amina uh, does it Amina's too. built tons of businesses yeah. pieces just by going around and saying, what are you struggling with? What can we help you with? Well, yeah. I think Amina walked in with more of like a, a force of, hey, so you realize you're supposed to be doing these things and you get paid for it, but I can put a pharmacist here and we'll do these clinicals for you. And we'll take 20%. Yeah, once they say what their problem is, but, but let you solve their problem. Um, too often, you know, as, you know, Marsha and I used to hit every trade show, right? And, and so you have a very structured, and now we, we send other people to trade shows, and, and, and you have to train them. Because, you know, also often somebody walks up, oh, pharmacy software, tell us about it. Well, we and we and we and we and we and. It's the classic. And, and like, it shouldn't be just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Tell me about your pharmacy. Tell me Tell about me. your pharmacy. Well, yeah. like, Where are you? How what's, many what's, scripts do you I, I refer to it yeah. as the yeah, classic but, first date mistake. Never talk about yourself. Talk yeah. about them. Yeah. What's unique yeah. about your pharmacy? What is different? And, yeah. and, and then you can lead into what problems you're having. Sometimes if you start off with what problems you're having, it's kind of, I don't have any problems. Right. I'm not a problem. But, but what's unique about your pharmacy? You can say, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? What's what's next for you? Well, um, I, I, well, I mean, but, but, it, it's all about wording but, there. But so I love like, it. But that is about, struggles? well, it's, it's not, a, there's, there's a paradigm shift there, not just about what you say, but how you think. In, in one modus, you're telling about something they may or may not need, you know? Uh, I, I love a, a early on, there was one, and, and you go through little phases where you do, where people come up and say, you know, why do I need Pioneer X? You might not. Right. Tell me about you what's going not. on. You might not. What you're doing might be fine. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? Where do you want to be? And, and I mean, how valuable would that five-minute conversation be to the typical below-average pharmacy owner who's struggling trying to figure out what to do? Yeah. Um, I yes. love the tech marketer. All right, so when are you doing this institute? I like this, uh, and that's what they need. They need to be trained. These aren't, uh, even though somebody has been doing this and repping it, like Mark, oh, yeah, that's just second nature. That's 101. No, it's not. It's second nature. It's <laughs> like I grew up on Zig Ziglar, and a lot of the concepts about work and about, um, you know, you, you need to give somebody everything they should expect from you and then some, and in, in the and then some is the success piece. The other piece right. is just, hey, I do the work and I get paid. I have grow. anything in the world you want as long as you help yeah, everybody else, else get, get what, what they, they want. want. Yep. Thank you. There's Ziggy. So, yes. But to me. About the highlights of my career. I had I got a chance to golf with Zig Ziglar. What? Um, in 1997, 1998. Wow. Um, it, uh, and okay. uh, I grew up on I'm Zig Ziglar as well. He's just a great speaker. How, how, how was that? Anything interesting from that? Tell us, give us a tidbit from golfing with Zig Ziglar. Yeah, uh, you know, it just, it was you know, a, a memorable thing. His son was there who was actually taking over the Zig Ziglar Corporation. Uh -huh. I was working for a, a trade organization and we were doing a sales meeting in Dallas and huh. we ended up hired, hiring Zig Ziglar's company to do the program. And he showed when up. When you hire his company to get the program, you don't get Zig. But, uh, he, you know, out on the golf course, we closed the deal, so... That was played. fun. So, so it must have been fun golf. You must have got lots of encouragement, right? You, you, but, <laughs> you're in a bad ball. You're like, you can do I, it. I, I bought a, I, it's an inside joke, but I bought a set of pants. So, um, you bought some pants before, after the golf? 
Yeah, I mean, the Zig was that started his career. Right, yeah, a, and uh, selling cookware. A, yep. A, a cookware salesman. So, um, you know, the, the so yeah, so the Institute is a dream at this point, um, but I think there's a place for it. Um, yeah, I think it's and a And the idea, idea would be is that most of these people, every pharmacy would do well to have somebody like that. Most of the people will not have an owner mm-hmm. who can teach them. So, yep. you know, mm-hmm. for some modest monthly fee, can your clerk belong to this organization, do monthly phone calls and share ideas and, you know, have a newsletter. I mean, all the classic stuff for a trade organization. So uh, if, 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 um, if my podcast thing kind of simmers down because I don't learn to do TikTok, um, <laughs> then um, I, I don't might think TikTok back. is. I'll teach yeah. you. Yeah, well, TikTok my, is I, consumer, <laughs> and he's not doing consumer. So, I was just I've teasing got a you about bit TikTok. More passion for the for the marketing idea. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I, surely we're doing a marketing class at Connect. Phil's my pharmacist is going. Is, oh, that's good. Is going to be is going to be teaching. Um, on social media and growing your business with social media. Um, I think the biggest struggle this year for pharmacies has been just the, um, the great uh, layoff um, yeah. during the pandemic. And so Travis Wolf will be teaching a class on... The great Resignation. Yes, The Great Resignation. Thank you. Travis Wolf will be teaching a class about, um, you know, getting great people and keeping them and, and creating that them. culture. Yeah, training them and keeping them. One of the things I would add on to your sales pitch for your marketing institute is I don't think you can be good at hiring a marketer unless you really understand marketing. Um, yeah. Because so often um, some marketers can just waste your money. That's the biggest problem. People try something that didn't work because they – did a poor job of trying it. So you're right. You have to yeah. teach the person how to, how to do right. that. Well, and marketing is about good marketing is about measuring results and refining yes. results. And so anything you do, you have to put in, how am I going to measure it? Right. If it doesn't work, you can't how measure am I, it. You can't manage. How it. am I going to refine it? And um, so I think there's a role even for the techs and the, you know, the, you almost see a class about how to hire a marketer. You know, what do you look for in a marketer? You know, what's let's, your measures? Um, let's do that at Connect next year. I think that's a um, great plan. Let me let me throw one other thing because it's the most impassioned thing that I have. And and I know we're getting close to time. But the the issue is, is we keep talking pharmacy, 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 and pharmacy implies pills and pharmaceuticals. I, I, I've been on a mission for years to try to help pharmacists understand they are healthcare professionals. Yep. Yes. And they're in the healthcare business. Um, and certainly they're experts in pharmaceuticals, and I think they want to jealously hold on to that. But as a healthcare professional, the world is their oyster. There's a million directions that they can go yep. and still enwrap that into their pharmacy as a healthcare, uh, as a healthcare destination. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about being a physician and diagnosing that type of thing, all of the other things. So, um, you know, we have a, a a mall up in our town. I live in Prescott, Arizona, by the way, that's struggling. It's dying. But one of the thriving stores in there is a little store called the H2O store. And this clever lady has done nothing but figure out how to sell water. Huh. Um, and if you start thinking about who cares more about water than a pharmacist, because everything they do, your people take with water. So yep. she's got purifiers and, uh, you know, 
uh, all kinds of gizmos. Mm. And, and the point is to put a section in your pharmacy where you would help people have cleaner, pure, better water. COVID has made air filtration, uh, you know, yeah. a common thing. Why aren't we selling mm-hmm. uh, high high quality air filters and uh, uh, ultrasonic light kinds of things? I, I am a, a big believer in the growth of this whole industry around home instead and visiting angels. Mm-hmm. All these franchises are popping up where they send people into people's homes who can help with cleaning and bathing and cooking. Yep. And all they can do is look at the medicine, say, what do I do with the medicine? And they can't touch the medicine because that's not part of their job. Why couldn't a pharmacist mm-hmm. create a home instead uh, business and send that's people a, into people's homes and do that? That's a great idea. And, and the, the one that, you know, that we're just sitting here personally stewing over um, Hospital bills. I mean, why not some kind of a, a pay service like H&R Block, where you sit down with a person who's just gone through a heart transplant or, uh, you know, a hip replacement and help them understand all of their bills that they're getting for the insurance companies, contest the bills and and reduce the amount of the copay that the people have to pay for that. That's all health care. Mm-hmm. I saw. And, and um, yeah, there was a you I, just saw a thing. You told me about it yesterday at lunch. And it was a woman who at, went back to the billing. And she's like, well, what are these charges? Here? She asked for the receipts. Yeah, yeah. she asked for and the her receipts. bill dropped from twelve thousand to five hundred dollars. Yeah. Just yeah. from asking and, for receipts. And 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 and. And that's the first time she did it. Just imagine what how good you can get after you've got somebody on your staff who's done this 10 times. That's an interesting idea. And, and yeah. now knows the hospital and and uh, you know and can open up the doors and get there without animosity and confusion. She can speak the language of the insurance people. What's the uh, pay that, model? So do you take H&R a percentage do you take um, a yeah, percentage of the savings? He, yeah, he no, but do you like take a H&R. percentage of the savings? Do you just charge a fixed price? How do you, how do you get paid I, I, for it? I suspect people would try it both ways. I've you know, the, the going in proposition of, hey, I take a percentage of your savings is typically attractive in the beginning. But then when they see you got five thousand uh, dollars because I saved you twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars, that that gets to be a rub. So, I mean, my my, my point would be, yeah, you know, a per hour charge from the yeah, forms you, that I fill out just like hourly. H&R Block. So that, that that's my pitch to pharmacy is. Hold on to pharmacy as jealously as you can. That's your foundation. But think bigger than pharmacy. Think healthcare. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those are just some of the examples that I that I've mused over the last year or two. Yeah, that you know, and I, I think my wife's dad's in the hospital right now, and they're moving his medications all around. You know, trying to to get things to work. And I and I and I think about um, the fact that uh, it's. Um, who was it? Calvin was telling us, Dr. Cal, that doctors don't really get training on medication. Their knowledge of medication comes from the drug reps who come by. Pharmacists have a PhD today in how chemicals affect the body. Right. So, um, I mean, I I tell my wife, she really needs now. Now, fortunately we have a pharmacist and she's just sending this stuff to, to our pharmacist, but she ought to be able to go to their local pharmacy and, pay something and say, Hey, I need you to evaluate these, you yeah. know, what's going on here. And, um, 
and, and, and people the, people will pay for that and yep and and you know most people won't but many will and um you know the argument i use about pay for healthcare is you know insurance companies aren't paying for massage treatments um you know insurance companies aren't paying for yoga classes yep and and people pay for those things mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. because they perceive a value so it comes back to marketing how are you going to position yep. this um, you've got to have a separate place in your pharmacy. You got to have the, you got to have the props. You got to have the, you know, the forms, you got to have the marketing materials and, and set it up as a separate entity that, uh, just happens to be done in the pharmacy. Marsha and I ran into a guy in, um, pharmacy, uh, Florida pharmacy association who made all of his money on consulting with people on their drug regimes, getting out of the hospital. Matter of fact, he was, he was in a, uh, Hey, this is what I do. I'm thinking about getting into dispensing, which I thought was hilarious. It's like, yeah, it's like it's kind of reversed. That's reversed there. A lot of people <laughs> in dispensing think about getting into the here, and he was fully successful in it. Marketing, you know, it's just there's you got to have you got to market it. Um, so I and and that's that's the piece, you know, the the people who are, well, you know, I tried that. What does that mean? You know, what did you, what did, yeah, what did you try? How hard did you try? How long? What facts did you get together? Who did you learn from before you did it? Um, you know, and, and, you know, that that's where coming to meetings like connect or the CPA meeting are important. And, you know, I, 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 I've, I've got a, a good friend in the industry called Chris Klein Dahlman. She's worked for, uh, Jonathan Marquez for years doing her CE programs. And, and, and she and I've chatted a fair amount on how we, we think the idea of CE has become overrated and overused because when you're doing CE, you need to be nebulous. Right. Um, yep. And, you know, and if you're going to teach people how to, how to do med sync on a pharmacy, uh, on a pioneer RX system, they have to be talking about pioneer RX. So um, we have been well, successful that, getting some that, waivers there. Mm-hmm. Well, not um, just that, they but they have been, to yep. want to do it. Well, what he's saying is a, a CE in general right. has to be non-product specific. So yes, if I'm at, so if I'm at Louisiana Pharmacy Association, I do a CE to the general public. I have to be uh, generic. Yeah, you have to, you can't mention pioneer. But we've gotten waivers where everybody in the audience all has the same product. Then you can talk about using that product toward a and you're not sell you're not because there's no way you're point. selling them anything. Yep. Yeah, that's very creative. Well, so this episode will be po- released after you're done with Connect. So yes, it's we're we're not going to get anybody to come to Connect this year because it's sold of this, out. But, um, yeah, it's sold out anyway. So 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 we'll start talking about next year, yeah. and maybe I'll have something I can present to you. We can do there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. And then we'll we'll have to um, probably get you on before get you back on before connect before the podcast get you back on this podcast before the next connect <laughs> so we can talk about that and um, even maybe have you have you have a class maybe I don't know I have to look at the content and what what would be would what we do with that and then um, promote that. Are you uh, you heading out to any of the shows this year? You know, I'm 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 I've not had any commercial reason to be to any this year, unfortunately. So well, you could nope, just go I'm not going to make any of them. You could be. I bet you. I somebody. mean, you're there for relationship. Everybody knows Bruce Neeland. Yeah. Um, I think last time and, I saw you was at a show somewhere. I don't remember where. Typically, NCPA. NCPA. 
yeah, I know I know we connected at NCPA for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, I made it to APHA, but that's the only two this year. So so we'll see you this October then. Uh, for sure. In Kansas City, as mm -hmm. I recall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Kansas City. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. I have been to Kansas City. Kansas City is pretty Once. nice. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. And the, the area where the convention center is and all that's a, a very nice area. You've got your Hallmark Center in that general area mm -hmm. as well. And it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice town. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing you this October. Wish we were seeing you next week in person. Well, me too. And, and uh, again, thanks so much. So I'm, I'm going to close with my, ex, my, my, my other tagline thing is we always talk about pharmacies changing, 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 and they need to change. But I like to say, don't just change, improve. Yep. Um, Love change it. is inevitable. Improvement is optional and um, has to be it. done by design, by intention. Um, I like and, that. Uh, change is inevitable. Improvement is optional. That's good. That'll yeah. be another bridge quote. Well, give us a plug yeah. for the podcast. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Yes, it's uh, called Pharmacy Crossroads. I typically interview a pharmacy owner who is doing something remarkable and chat with him about that. Um, it's on the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and you can find it at www.pharmacycrossroads.com. We'll take you to a whole the whole menu of shows that I've done. Fantastic. Well, well, Bruce, thank you for being remarkable. Thank you so much for joining and us And for today. your remarkable career and being with us today and everything you do for pharmacy and have done. And, and being the biggest and are, advocate and are, and are for, for in-community pharmacy. It's uh, in-community pharmacy's mm -hmm. rule, right? That's yes. right. We're going to take that and make it national. It was fun. Thank you so I much. I look forward to our Thanks, next guys. time together. Bye, Bye, Bruce. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.